episode 36. This episode brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com, your family-owned online tackle store. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Okay, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Jeffrey James, who's coming to us from Wisconsin. Jeff, how's it going, man? It's going very good. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Well, I've uh, I snuck a peek at some of your uh, social media pictures you've got there on Instagram and saw some muskies and other things. Uh, awesome fish there. So I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about those today. But before we uh, jump off into that, let's just talk about you a little bit. Uh, you know, tell us what you do on those days during the week when you'd rather be out fishing. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm very blessed in that I actually have three jobs, which may sound crazy, but uh, my, my primary job is I'm actually a pastor. I pastor a, a small church in my hometown that I grew up in. Okay. And then I also am the program director at the local Boys and Girls Club, which okay. ironically my wife actually started that club years ago. Oh, nice. Um, and I'm now, yeah, yeah, so now I'm running that. And then my third job is a mentoring job. It's kind of like a big brother, big sister program through the county. So I work one-on-one with uh, troubled boys that are in the county system. Man, that's all, three three awesome jobs right there, but they keep you busy, I'm uh, quite sure. Yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, you know, but like you said, they're they're the kind of jobs that I'm I'm definitely motivated and excited to go to work every day because I really feel like what I'm doing matters. So I'm busy, but uh, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Right. So I I guess you get a little time in uh, here and there to sneak in some fishing. Yeah. One thing that's nice is. For the most part, with all three of my jobs, with the exception of obviously Sundays, uh, it's kind of a church day no matter what. But mm-hmm. with, with, with the rest of my week, I, I have the flexibility to kind of make my own schedule, which is nice because it gives me family time with my wife and kids. Right. Uh, but also one of my jobs, um, the mentoring job, the one-on-one job, I'm basically given the liberty to use whatever tools I think are necessary to try to make an impact on these boys. Mm-hmm. And so one of my most effective tools, ironically, is fishing. And so I, I get to take a lot of my kids that I work with fishing. So it's kind of two birds of one stone. I'm really impacting these kids and, you know, teaching them some principles about life. Uh, but at the same time, we're on the water having fun catching fish. So that, that's, that's one of the perks of that job. Being able to take kids fishing and the impact that that makes on them. Uh, you know, I've talked with some of my other guests before about, uh, you know, how how uh, vivid those memories are from childhood. I have some going back to as early as five years old, you know, the first big bass I caught. And, you know, what a difference that can make in, in kids' lives to get an experience like that. Oh, yeah, it, it definitely, I mean, I could echo what you said, me too. My memories go way back to being very young. But even now, you know, working with these boys, it's it's amazing. It has an immediate impact, but it also has a lasting effect. And, mm-hmm. you know, they don't they don't forget. And a lot of these boys I work with, it's crazy to think, you know, but, you know, nowadays there's a lot of technology and games and whatnot out there. Um, but a lot of these boys I work with have never even gone fishing at all. And wow. so they don't even know what it's about. And some of them kind of have a negative perspective because they don't know. And so they yeah. think, oh, I don't want to sit there and look at a bobber, you know, and then I <laughs> tell them, well, that's not what I do necessarily. And so it really is, it's unique. It's cool. 
uh, when you get these boys that have never been fishing in their life, you get them out there and they hook their first fish. It's just, I mean, it's almost like going back, you know, you almost kind of have a flashback when, when you were a kid and it, you're reliving that excitement, but you get to see it in somebody else's life. And, you know, it, it definitely, like I said, it makes a huge impact. It's a big difference maker without question. Oh, absolutely. Well, what you talk about, um, you were just mentioning when you, when you were a kid and some of your memories. So take us, take us back. Um, tell us about, you know, you're growing up and the fishing you did and, you know, was it with your dad or other family? You know, what, what was your early angling experience? I'm, I'm very fortunate because I, I kind of come from, I guess you could say a fishing family. Uh-huh. Um, my dad, did like to fish growing up. I, I have a very vivid memory. It's crazy. I was about four or five years old. First time we went up, one of the first times I went up to a cabin with my family on a vacation and my dad had caught this, this big old bass. Um, I mean, I don't know how big it was, but it looked like it was about a 10 pounder as a kid, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, he, he kept it on a stringer the whole day and he just wanted us to look at it and he ended up letting it go. Um, but so my dad definitely, and my, my dad's brother and what my uncle used to take me and my dad's other family, he used to only take me bluegill and bass fishing, but mm-hmm. really I would have to blame most of my fishing addiction on my other uncle that I'm named after my uncle, Jeff, my mom's brother. Um, he was a, a pretty big time professional angler. Uh, when I was a little boy, he was a full-time guide for muskies and walleye. He was a tournament fisherman. He won a lot of tournaments. He was on magazine covers. Uh, he had I think at one time he had over 30 or 40 sponsors. Uh, he was, you know, on TV shows, he had his own series of rods. I mean, he was, wow. he was kind of living the, the, the quote unquote fishing dream. Yeah. Um, so he definitely, um, like I said, my, my dad, my mom, my, both sides of my family, they, they all took me fishing. We just had a lot of fishermen in the family, but my uncle is really the one that kind of, you know, got the fire going and got the, the passion and addiction growing in me at a young age. Wow. It, uh, it, uh, runs in your DNA, I guess. I, I guess. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how cool is that? So, um, you know, growing up, obviously, got to go go fishing and, and, you know, keep tabs on your uncle and all the stuff he was doing. So did you, you know, was there ever a break in there where you got away from fishing or have you kind of been fishing all the way through till now? You know, I'm, I'm glad you asked because sadly, sadly, there was a big break. Um Man, when I, I remember as a kid from the time I was about five or six until I was in about seventh grade, so about, you know, 11, 12 years old, I was just obsessed with fishing. I would just, I would walk all, all over town. I would just have a little tackle box, one rod, and there was all these shore spots that, you know, it's crazy, but I fish them now as an adult, but I would just walk anywhere there was water and I fished like crazy, usually for bluegill and sometimes for bass. Right. And then when I got to middle school, um, I just hit a wild, you know, teenage patch if you want to call it that and you know I I was really really obsessed with sports I was a big time athlete growing up and so that consumed a lot of my time basketball football stuff like that Um, but also just kind of you know just being rebellious making some bad decisions you know the kind of the nightlife it it kind of took me away entirely and it sounds crazy but I, I almost had a complete absence from fishing altogether from the time I was about 12 until I was about 19 and then um, my grandfather, which is my uncle's dad, uh, mm-hmm. my mom's dad, my grandfather, unfortunately, he got diagnosed with, with Alzheimer's. And he was from northern Wisconsin. And my whole family wanted to take one more family vacation up to the Northwoods to a cabin with him before his memory was totally gone. Yeah. And um, so I hadn't been up there in a number of years. Uh, it had been 10 years since I'd been up there. And my uncle went, everybody, we got like three or four cabins, and we all went. And uh, 
that was the first time I hooked a muskie. And my uncle, when I was younger, they wouldn't take me because I was too little and they didn't want me to hurt myself. And my, I had to watch my older brother catch muskies. And he caught a world record tiger muskie when he was like 14. Oh, man. My brother did. And so <laughs> I, I had this itch, but I could never go because I was just, I was little. You know, and back then, it's not like it is now, the gear, that you know, the equipment. I mean, we're talking in the early 90s. So it was a lot different back then. So my uncle just didn't want me to hurt myself. So yeah. we went that year and he finally said, I was 19. He's like, you're ready now. So he took me out muskie fishing. And, uh, I hooked my first muskie on a topwater bait at night in the dark. And I thought my heart was just going to bust out of my chest. <laughs> and, um, I was ruined. I immediately remember thinking, wow, I, I don't think I can go back to bass fishing now. Um, but it was literally <laughs> that trip. Um, obviously it was an emotional trip with my grandpa and it was a great yeah. trip. Um, but it was our last one with him there. And, uh, and then on top of it, I hooked my first muskie. I didn't catch it, but, but that trip is literally, it, it sounds crazy, but that is what got me you know, to come back to the outdoors world. And I'm, I'm thankful I did, you know, better, better late than never. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's a pretty epic story right there, but that's what got you hooked on musky fishing, right? I mean, that's, that's your favorite fish to pursue now, I take it. Yes. Without question, you know, I still, you know, bass fishing is fun. I, I live, uh, my hometown lake's a trophy bass lake. I still bass fish whenever I can. Um, and I do enjoy walleye fishing a lot as well. Um, but man, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, you hear, you hear musky guys talk about the musky bug or musky fever and they'll always tell you, you know, if you hook one, you're ruined and, and people that don't musky fish or have never hooked one, they kind of think like that's an exaggeration. That's, that's a little bit, you know, over the top, but it really is true. And that's exactly what happened to me. I, I hooked a musky and I never remember, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, thinking that night we went back to the cab and I couldn't stop. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it all night. The next morning I woke up thinking about it. <laughs> And I immediately realized it was like a virus. And I'm like, man, that was so intense. The hit was so hard. The fight was so crazy. It jumped. It got airborne. It got me wet. It literally splashed <laughs> me and got me wet when it got off because it was right by the boat. And I remember thinking, I bass fishing, what, what's bass fishing? I mean, that, that's nothing now. It's, it's not even close. The <laughs> adrenaline rush, I've never experienced anything like that. So, see, I definitely am most passionate about muskies. There's just something about them. They're, they're hard to catch. Uh, but when you hook them and it's just, you know, it's 110 miles per hour from start to finish, it just gets your heart going and, and it never gets old. That's what's crazy. You know, you can catch a bunch of them and even some big ones, you know, but it's just like the next time you're on the water, it's almost like you're trying to catch your first muscle over again. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. That's one that's definitely on my bucket list to catch. I haven't, uh, haven't got one yet, but one of these days I got to get up there and do that. Well, hey, man, that's one thing I do is I take people fishing as often as I can. So if you're ever up in my neck of the woods, let's make it happen. I'll do whatever I can to get you. I can't catch it for you. They're hard to catch, but I'll at least try to give you a shot. Oh, man, yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, when we get back, Jeff is going to share with us his most epic musky story ever. So stay tuned. If you park your boat on an incline, you have to be careful to make sure it stays where you drop it. A wheel ring chalk for wheeled trailer jacks is a big help. They're inexpensive and they make sure that the wheel stays on a block if you elevate the jack. I use it with my boat all the time. And if you want to check it out, go to tell.fish slash gear in your browser. We have a link to it there. All right. We are back with Jeffrey James. And we've been talking about uh, the muskie that got him hooked on musky fishing when uh, he was 19 and that's kind of become a passion of his ever since then and I understand today you're going to share with us your most epic musky fishing story so uh, what happened? 
Yeah, so um, I've, I've been fortunate to catch quite a few muskies over the years. Um, but where I live in southern Wisconsin, um, I'm fishing relatively smaller bodies of water, especially when I'm shore fishing. Honestly, I'm usually fishing like they're called rivers, but in my mind, they, they should be called creeks and streams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, to, to see a lot of muskies is in some of the spots I fish from shore, you know, you're not going to see, a, you know, these, these lake numbers where there's hundreds or if not thousands of muskies in the lake. Um, mm-hmm. The spots I'm usually fishing, at best, there might be, you know, 20 to 30 muskies in one little area, one little bay or one little corner of the river. So I went to one of my honey holes and I actually had an appointment I needed to get to that morning. And so I woke up early on purpose because I'm like, you know what, if I got to get up and go to this appointment, if I get up a couple hours early, I can sneak in some fishing because as busy <laughs> as I am, if I can get in an hour or two anywhere, whether it's bass or musky, I'm going to make it happen. I like so, the way you think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to capitalize when you can, man. Absolutely. So, so I woke up a couple hours early and I said, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I told my wife, I said, Hey, I'm going to go fish for like an hour or two before I head to my appointment and then go to work eventually. So I get to one of my honey holes and, um, I knew they were there. It was a certain time of year in the fall when they usually pile up in this little bay. And when I say little, I mean this little bay on the corner of this river, it's probably no bigger than an acre. So it's almost like mm. a really small pond. Okay. And, um, I show up and literally on my first cast, I was throwing a glide bait on my first cast, a muskie smashed my bait right, right at my feet. I was in the water in waders <laughs> and I, I didn't get a good hook set. I wasn't expecting it. You know, it's my fault. Yeah. But, you know, first cast, I just, I, it was early in the morning, the sun was just coming up. So I, I, I hooked and lost one. Well, long story short, I fished for about an hour and a half. And in that hour and a half time period, I hooked 12 muskies. Wow. And I wish I would have caught them all, <laughs> but um, I only caught five of them, which still though to this day uh, is the most muskies I've caught in one day. And I, I even hesitate to say one day because a normal muskie day is usually anywhere from 12 to 15 hours of casting, if not more. But, um, that day was only a short, short morning. It was only an hour and a half, but it's still, regardless is the, the most muskies I caught in one day. I caught five muskies that morning. I lost seven, but it was just unreal because it, it didn't, it seemed like it didn't matter where I casted and I was mostly throwing glide baits the whole morning. I switched it up a few times, but it almost didn't matter what bait I put on. It was about every 10 to 15 minutes. It seemed like I was getting a musky hit. And so. I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to leave. I wanted to cancel my appointment. I, I didn't want to go into work that day. <laughs> I was like, they're, they're going nuts right now. Oh, um, yeah. But it was still a great morning, and I had a, it was a blast. I still can't believe it. I haven't topped it yet, so who knows? Yeah, you. I mean, you said a normal musky day. You're making hundreds, if not a thousand or more casts. And to catch one of them in a day like that can can be a good day, right? I mean, it's, it's oh, not very yeah. often. It, no, yeah, every time, yeah, every time you go musky fishing, you know, it depends. It's all relative to the body of water on, you know, where you're fishing, how big the lake is, how many muskies are there. But generally speaking, most guys will tell you, uh, yeah, I'd say over 90% of musky anglers will tell you, if you can just get one in the boat, it's a great day. And it really is. Every time I land one, big or small, I'm super thankful. But even more so, where I fish and how I fish from shore, I always tell guys when they ask me about shore fishing for muskies, you know, just to be honest and realistic, I always tell them, honestly, I'm just looking for one bite. And I know that that's probably, that might be the only shot I get that day. And so if I even get one hookup, if I see one and I hook one, and even if it gets off, I'm disappointed. But if I at least get a shot at a muskie in a day, to me personally, it it was a successful day. Because you can go some days, and a lot of guys can relate to this, especially depending on where you're fishing, but you can go some days where you don't even see one. 
which is pretty depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and tiring too because you're using big heavy gear and making a lot, lot of long casts with big baits and, you know, wear you out. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely, it's work. I mean, it, it's fun and it's rewarding and it's worth it. But I'd be lying to you if I said I, I wasn't coming home some days with sore shoulders and my back bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, well, they call it the fish of a thousand casts, right? Yeah, well, guys always go back and forth a thousand ten thousand casts but it's kind of all and once you get to that point that the bottom line is if you want to catch muskies and you want to do it consistently you just got to get it in your mind that you got to keep casting you know which yeah. is kind of why my my social media format my my name is just keep casting cause that's really uh, what it boils down to yeah you know you you need to keep casting you know and some days you can have a like you can look at the morning i had you can catch five in an hour it happens mm-hmm. you can go five days without catching one so it's just a matter of you put in the time you just stick to the game plan. You stay persistent. You know, you put yourself in situations. You pay attention to the weather, all that, and you do the best you can to optimize your opportunities. And eventually, you'll get one. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's definitely the kind of day that will keep you coming back for more <laughs> when you get them like that. That must have been uh, pretty amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where you're super thankful. And I, I still sometimes like, man, I can't believe that day happened. But at the same time, with musky fishing, it's also the motivation to be like, man, what's it like to catch six? Yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. <laughs> you you got a high mark to uh, to overcome there. To, to I beat, know, so. I know. <laughs> well, um, before the interview, you were mentioning to me another uh, epic day of fishing you had was kind of different from the, the musky fishing, but, uh, it, it's such a great story. I just wanted to have you share that with us too, if you don't mind, can you, can you set up that other story you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, as I mentioned, you know, a little while ago, I, I take a lot of people fishing, different right. people, young, old, um, family, friends, coworkers, complete strangers. I, and I, I just, I do it all for free. I'm not a guide or anything like that. I just really enjoy taking people fishing and mm-hmm. trying to put them on nice fish. And so on this particular day, there was a young lady, uh, her name was Lily and uh, her family actually had attended my church at the time. And Lily, honestly, to this day, she's the best fisherman when it comes to a child, boy or girl, she's the best fisherman I'd ever met at such a young age. At the time, she's probably eight or nine. And she would wake up four or five in the morning and her mom would drop her off wherever I was at. If I was fishing, this little girl, her mom would drop her off before she went to work. And this little girl would fish with me. I mean, she was hardcore oh, cool. and yeah, and she was just awesome. And so that particular day I took her to one of my honey holes for bass and the bass were just going nuts. It was unreal. Um, right, right, right away, right off the bat, I caught two, three pounders, which are good, good sized fish, two, three pound bass. And then she hooked a bass and a little bass. And all of a sudden, the line went down and all of a sudden she had something heavy on there. And right away I'm like, something ate her bass. <laughs> I, I, I get the net and sure enough, about a 30 inch pike had eaten her little smallmouth bass. Oh, wow. And so I net the pike and as I net it, the smallmouth, it spits the smallmouth out. And the pike was her biggest fish of her life. It was like a 30 inch Northern pike and she's freaking out and we're taking pictures and I'm so happy for her. And I get the thought, I'm like, man, if there's bigger pike around here, I wonder if I can get a real big one because the lake we're on has really big trophy size pike. Mm-hmm. So I run to my car, I grab some of my musky stuff and it was the most insane bass day I've ever had to this day because my first cast with this 11 inch musky bait, I hooked a four pound largemouth, <laughs> and about two or three casts after that, I hooked still to this day, the biggest smallmouth I've ever hooked in my life. Now I've caught 
multiple five pounders and I caught a 22 inch smallmouth, but this one I hooked on this musky bait was easily 23 to 24 inches. So you can guess and do the math, but it was probably about a seven plus pound smallmouth. Oh my goodness. And it got off. So yeah, so we're catching fish like crazy. They're biting like crazy. And I'm getting these bass on this big musky bait. A musky gear. And, wow. Oh yeah. And th- this is the day. It's actually one of my favorite techniques now. And this was the day that I learned it on mm-hmm. this day because it was all by a fluke chance because Lily caught this pike. So I am, I'm, freaking out i'm upset i'm honestly i'm depressed because the biggest smallmouth of my life just got off and i remember <laughs> lily i'll never forget her she grabbed the net and she said holy crap that thing's huge right before it hit my hook <laughs> so i'm kind of sulking for about 10 minutes shaking my head thinking i'm never going to get a bass that big again in my life but i'm like you got to keep fishing just keep casting yep. right just keep casting. So i pick up the rod i pick up the rod again and i chuck it out in 10 minutes after i lost that huge smallmouth I hook into this monster, monster largemouth. And what's crazy is the bait, it was a musky bait. It had a bunch of hooks on it. It had two big trebles on it, one on the front, one on the back. Yeah. Well, this largemouth had hit the front, the head of the bait, and I, I had it hooked on the front. Lily's bringing them. She's running to grab the net, and she's bringing it to me. And while this fish is fighting the water, the butt of the bait, the back end is up, splashing the surface of the water. Yeah. And it had a tail on it. And out of, the, out of nowhere, from underneath the pier, another largemouth comes and smashes this bait in the back. Oh and I have two largemouth hooks gosh. at the same time. So <laughs> Lily gets me the net. I could tell the front bass on the front hook was bigger. So I was thinking it's just net the bigger one. If you can net both, that'd be awesome. Yeah. As I'm netting them, the smaller one on the back falls off and jumps. It jumps out. And <sighs> I say smaller, but you're going to, you know, imagination will make you realize it wasn't that small. But I net the bigger one on the front. I lay it on the ground. And as soon as I see it laying on the ground with its belly just bulging, I immediately knew it was the biggest bass in my life. Lily's freaking out. We're high-fiving. I measure it. It's, tw- it's 23 and 7 eighth inches. So it's an eighth of an inch under 24 inches. And it had over an 18-inch girth. So you do the math, and it was over 8 pounds in southern Wisconsin, which is pretty big. And I then realized, man, that other bass is probably about 5 pounds, just guesstimating. And, wow. But I got the big one. So uh, we're freaking out. I'm shaking. I still didn't really realize what I had in my hands because eight pound largemouths are not common. So I let it go. And obviously that day was epic to me because it's still to this day is the biggest largemouth I've ever caught. Yeah. Um, but what makes the day more special, but also bittersweet is that unfortunately Lily, um, you know, I don't know where kind of a freak accident just uh, two years back. She actually passed away. Um, she was in seventh grade. She was only, I think about 12 years old or so. Um, but we lost her. Um, it was, it was some, you know, honestly to this day, I still don't really understand. She had asthma and there was a lot of complications, but, um, it's, it's crazy though, because, you know, she was an incredible little girl and she was very special to me and she was a hardcore fisherman and I'm, I, I miss her dearly, but I'm so thankful that she was there to net the biggest bass of my life. And there's no way, there's no way I will ever forget that day. So definitely an epic day to me personally. Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, we just never know how much time we have, but it really makes you think about those uh, moments like that, those really special moments when you get to share them. And, you know, you'll just, like you say, never forget it. Never forget no, that. No, that's, that's what's so great about, you know, a lot of times I think people, especially in the social media game, it's easy to get caught up in the, the numbers, the sizes, the pictures and bragging rights, you know, and that's all part of fishing. I'm not against any of that. Right. Uh, but to me, fishing is so much bigger than that and so much better than just that. And, um, really, you know, the, the memories, the stories, 
those special moments you have with friends, family members, what have you, even this, you know, this story with Lily, um, yeah. it, to me, really, that's what fishing is really all about. I mean, it's something that you'll never forget and you'll cherish forever. And it's, and it's also part of the, the motivation and the desire to do it again with somebody else, you know, that you care about, you know, so definitely special. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, boy, those were two incredible stories. And uh, I'm just so glad you came on and uh, shared those with us today. I just uh, wanted to thank you, Jeff, for your ministry and, you know, the great work that you do there. And uh, just just keep it up and keep taking those young folks fishing. That's awesome. Hey, man, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. And I'm definitely going to be following you in the future to hear to hear some other people talk about fishing. (laughs) All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Please be sure to follow the Telltale Fisherman on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll get sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, notices of new episodes as they go live, and pictures from some of the most epic fishing adventures ever. Check the show notes for details. Thanks! This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.